Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And for the, I don't know, third week in a row, I don't, I don't I'm not paying attention. <laughs> I've got it. This is an actual conversation. And I have somebody who's new to the podcast who happened to be in the right place, right time, or as she's thinking, maybe the wrong place, right time. <laughs> I have Whitney, Sister Dirchie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you want me to call you Whitney or Sister Dirchie? Or... It does not matter. Sweet. I'm going to call you Whitney. Thank Sister you. Sister Dirchie. <laughs> so Whitney is one of the most amazing people in the world. You don't have to believe that, but I know her dad was a high counselor assigned to our ward many years ago, and um, so I got to know the whole family. Your family's pretty awesome, and uh, so there you go. That's (laughs) So let me have you tell, (laughs) what was the wrong place, right time that you were in where I um, stumbled upon you and, and asked you to, to be on the podcast. Yeah. So I was at a missionary readiness conference and, and you and your son and your wife was there. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was after it was over, you came up to me and you were like, you asked me a question. I forget what it was. Uh, it was amazing. I don't remember. What it yeah, was. it was, it was amazing. But, um, <laughs> and then you followed it with, do you want to be on my podcast? And I was like, I didn't even know you had one. Um, (laughs) And so I was like, sure. Yeah. And then I think the question was, how's your mission going? Oh, okay. And so how's your mission going? Yeah, it's amazing. So there, and that's, that's why (laughs) I I wanted you to be on the podcast. So um, let's start out with, tell me, how long have you been on your mission? Um, I started like August 23rd. You're coming up on a year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Nice. And um, what got you thinking that you wanted to serve a mission? So actually, I was not thinking about it at all. Okay. When when the prompting came, it was just like, hey, you got to go. Because um, I wanted to go back to BYU-Idaho for <laughs> and then make friends, you know, stuff like that. But I was sitting in the living room of my grandparents' house, and my Your grand- grandparents are pretty amazing too. By oh, the way. shout well. out to the Lance. <laughs> um, and and his his brother and, and sister in law were there, and they were just talking about the gospel in an exciting way. And I was like, "Wow, okay, this is interesting. I've never like gotten this impression of how much joy it can it can bring people." And so, uh-huh. and then the thought randomly came to my. Um, my mind and it was like you got to go you got to not go to spring semester mm-hmm. of college and you need to serve a mission so and, this yeah. this was like a year ago yeah that this all happened well it was a little while the process okay. of it was a little difficult because i have some health problems and okay stuff. yeah so uh, this is what is about a year and a half ish ago two years ago yeah okay yeah about uh, that. so you started thinking all of a sudden yeah um Something not on the horizon all of a sudden is now on the horizon. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing, Heavenly Father? I want to live my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are times I think we all go through that where we have what we think is a, a good plan and all of a sudden we get a prompting or 
something happens and it just doesn't go the way that you want it. Expect, right. Yeah. So um, once you got the prompting that, yes, you need to go, were you all in at that point or did it take some time for you to get okay with it? Oh, when I got the call to uh, with President Crockett, he was like, I have your mission called. You want me to read it? And it was so weird because I thought, oh, like you're the official paper, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it was really weird. And he's like, you are hereby called to serve as a, a service missionary in the um, in the Indianapolis, Indiana service mission. I was like, what? what <laughs> I was very, expected. yeah, I was very surprised. Um I did give it to the Lord and I was like, wherever you need me, uh-huh. you know, here I am, you know, send me or whatever. And, but it wasn't where I thought I would be in my life, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I remember when I, this is a lot of years ago. This is before you were born. <laughs> Maybe before your parents were born. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that old. But I remember when I got my mission call, um, I had, I'd been taking some sign language classes and thought, oh. I would love to serve a sign language mission and then I'd get proficient and life will be amazing and perfect. And I got my call and I remember going to my brother's dorm room to open it. And it said, you're assigned to serve in the Portugal Lisbon mission. And I thought, no, no, <laughs> that's not what I wanted. And I, I'm one of those people that I, I think a lot of people are excited if they serve a, a foreign speaking mission or a foreign mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are excited if they um, stay in the in the states where they can keep eating food that they're used to and <laughs> yeah <laughs> stuff like that. But I was I was frustrated when I got my call because it was not the call that I expected. So that's kind of what you went through. It sounds like yeah. So how long did it take for you to really get excited about it? Was it before your mission or during your mission? Or just today when I when I asked you, or last week, <laughs> two weeks ago, <laughs> like it? of like how I got excited about like being on a service mission, or yeah, for the assignment that you that you had, which was not what you expected. Yeah. Okay. Um. I so it took me a couple months to really you know get in the groove of things and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, it was actually really hard. I was really having a hard time because ever you you know you're living at home. Mm-hmm. Um, people are moving on with their lives, you know, right. going to college, you know, new jobs, you know, stuff like that. And I kind of was a little frustrated because I felt stuck. I was like, why didn't, you know, God get, trust me with his gospel to, mm-hmm. you know, go and teach people instead of just staying here and, you know, serving people by example. Right. So I was very frustrated. And then, um, and and so one one day I was in my closet and I was just bawling my eyes out to Heavenly Father. And I said, you know, why this? Why now? Um, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. And um, the thought came to my mind, the Savior did something harder. And I, and I sat there bawling even more. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, if, if the Savior could go through that, mm-hmm. I can, you know, sacrifice a year and a half, you know, to, to you know, him. And so right. that so kind of like made it easier. Yeah. Were you on your mission at this point or is this still leading up to it? Um, this was somewhat in the middle slash beginning. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, explain a little bit about 
what a service missionary does or what a service mission is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of us have heard of it, but we haven't necessarily been really exposed it's, it's to. it's so new. It is pretty yeah. new, and especially with it being a, kind of a, a more structured uh, mission option. Yeah. Um, starting out, I had like no idea what it was and, and what I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of restrictions um, as a teaching missionary like has. Um, you know, you can still watch movies, you okay. can still listen to music, stuff like that. But um, like you said, you're living at home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you can still go on vacation with your family, you know, all these amazing things. Um, and you, you make your schedule, which I okay. thought was really weird. Um, I yeah. thought someone else would, you know, make my schedule for me. And like, these are the organizations you should go to or whatever. But I got the opportunity to, um, to actually talk with Heavenly Father and say, where would you like me to serve? Mm-hmm. And just things kept coming. And, and then I applied and miraculously, it, you know, it fell in my lap. And, and so I, you know, serve at places I wouldn't think I would be serving, which is kind of weird. Like the zoo, for example. Okay. It's like, holy cow, like what? Awesome. <laughs> um, and then the American Red Cross, um, libraries, um, art museums, um, you know, ward things where I can, you know, help out the ward. Um, just those small activities that actually make a huge impact that I didn't realize would, if that makes sense. That's cool. So, uh, talk about service at the zoo. What is that? What does that look like? (laughs) Um, well, so the hardest thing on a service mission is some organizations will not let you wear your badge, okay. which is, you know, kind of hard because you're on a mission. But um, when you're there in the moment, um, I'm a wild ambassador and that means like, you know, you describe the animals to the people and stuff mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to not really, you can't talk about the gospel, but right. you can, you know, be kind. And if someone like ask, oh, like what made you decide to volunteer or whatever, then I can go in detail, but mm-hmm. I'm not allowed to, you know, teach. Proactively. And, yeah. Proselyte. Yeah. So how did you, um, how, how did the idea of, of serving at the zoo come to you? Um, I actually love animals. And okay. so I was just like, we'll see where this goes. And I've actually made a lot of friends, which I wouldn't think. And then when I describe, oh, I'm like on this church mission, they're like, you're like 19, 20 and you're giving your life to God. Like uh-huh. that is so weird, but okay. But people, you know, love it. And then they ask questions and then they really get into, you know, what we, what we do and, and stuff like that. And it's mm-hmm. a great opportunity. That's cool. What's, um, tell me a couple of things that have been your favorite experiences or favorite moments that you've had so far. Um, so I forgot to put in there that I also serve um, as an ordinance worker in the temple and cool. at the bishop's storehouse. Nice. And I think, I don't want to be like biased or anything, but those are my favorite places to serve okay. because, I don't know, you you can feel the spirit more, if that makes sense mm-hmm. there. Um, and so I would say, so before my mission, um, I kind of had those hints of, oh, you're going to serve a service mission. Okay. Um, I was reading... I forget. It was somewhere in DNC. I think it was DNC five or something. And it kept bringing up storehouse. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, that's fun. (laughs) I didn't know what it was, but, um, and then there was a moment when I was serving at the Bishop storehouse, it was the holidays. 
there was 200 or so like more like orders than we usually have, which is like 40. Um, and we were really low on volunteers that day Mm -hmm. and we were very scared. We were like, how are we going to, you know, you know, put these orders together. So, you know, people in need can, you know, have them. Um, and so we all said a prayer and right after, um, so many people started coming in and we were like, holy cow, I had to, I had to leave and I had to go cry a little bit (laughs) because that was to me a blessing of God really hears our prayers Mm -hmm. and are there for us and other people. That's cool. And, and, um, I, I'm an ordinance worker at the temple as well. And it is, we've got, we've had on the shift that I'm on, Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple service missionaries, which is just so wonderful to see them on a regular basis. And they're awesome people. They're okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, they're they're great. And it's just, um, so a little aside there, um, I was an ordinance worker with my wife in Provo back when oh, okay. we were in college. So I was not that much older than you. Back then, we didn't have... <laughs> Um, ordinance workers that didn't have gray hair. <laughs> there just wasn't much of that. In fact, I had there was a guy that came up to me one day and he said, I thought you had to have, have gray hair. And I was in my mid-20s. <laughs> and so it was super, uh, super fun to do that. Um, yeah, so th- that's, that's cool. Do you have things, has your schedule kind of been set since you started? Or do you have things that, that start up and other things end and you have kind of a, a flow? Yeah. Um, so sometimes, um, it's crazy all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, but usually I do have like a set schedule of like, oh, Mondays and Tuesdays I'm at the storehouse. And then also Tuesdays I'm at the Red Cross and like the zoos on Thursdays and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, the temple on Wednesday nights and, and then there's, we call it agency time. Um, and that's, um, that's fit into the schedule. It's about, I don't know, a length of five hours and, and you get to choose what you do with that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that has really like made me think of how impactful it will be after my mission to still have that schedule of like, you know, going to school, but then I have, you know, this time to like think, Oh, what am I going to do with this time? Am I going to, you know, watch TV or study the scriptures? Right. And so, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, we're going to pretend that it does. Okay. <laughs> so what are some things that that have been surprising to you since you started your mission? A lot. I, before my mission, I hated service, okay. which is, you know, terrible to say, but I did. And so I'm like, why a service mission? Like, you know, I hate it. That, that got you, that, that was kind of intimidating about this mission because of how you felt about service? Yeah, okay, it did. And so it like made things a little bit worse. But once I like, you know, really got into the move of like, you know, you're not on this mission for you, you're on this mission for others. Mm-hmm. Um, then it started like, I don't know, flowing more. And I really started, I don't know, to think more clearly of like, yeah. Okay. So, um, was there anything that, that really hit 
that that really got you to understand that this is not for you. This is for other people. Um, seeing the impact others have um, when you're not thinking about yourself. Okay. Um, I've seen like, you know, things fall into my lap, which are like blessings and stuff. And I'm like, oh, like when I wasn't thinking of myself, you know, and sometimes you don't receive things like, like, yeah. But, um, but there was a person that really changed my life in a different way of thinking because I do have anxiety and depression. And I think that's why I'm on a service mission. Um, but also, you know, God wants me here, um, was Elder Pearson. Well, now Brother yeah. Pearson. Brother, yeah. <laughs> um, it well, was, he's one of the service missionaries that was on the, the shift that I was on. Okay, yeah. He's pretty cool. And he, on one of our district meetings, um, he was like, even, um, it was like on the lo- on the lines of, if you were the only person on earth, Christ would have still died for you. Mm-hmm. And that really impacted me. And every time I see someone, I say that saying of like, Christ would have died, if they were the only person on earth, mm-hmm. you know, Christ would have still died for them. And it's like, if God died for all of us and the person that you're helping, then you got to love them the same as, you know, Christ would. Right. It, it, um, I've thought about that as well. And I believe that. I believe that if, mm-hmm. if it were any one of us, in you or me or anybody else, yeah. that it would, uh, that Christ would have gone through the same thing that he went through. Um, which is, that's a little bit, uh, awe inspiring, maybe mm-hmm. that, that there's somebody, because I think sometimes it's really easy to feel like we're not lovable or we're not loved. And, to get a sense of how much, how deeply we are loved by our Father in Heaven, by our our Savior, that is um, that can be a big um, insight. And then also, then to like you were saying, to to realize that He feels that way about me, He feels that way about you, He feels about that that way about that weirdo that <laughs> cut me off in traffic or whatever. And so, um, I think that does uh, for for me anyways, gives me uh, a feeling of that I have a responsibility to to maybe feel a little bit uh, less unkind towards mm-hmm. the people that I, that I interact with. And I think that's uh, the thing that surprised me most um, on my mission is how much God does love literally everyone, mm-hmm. including me. Right. Um, I write in my journal every night and at the beginning of my mission, I would end it as, you know, God loves you. And that's like, I don't know, someone else, my thinking was someone else is going to, you know, read this journal. So I'm going to put like, God loves you. Right. But when I really started accepting that, you know, God loves me and, um, and this mission is like for me and, and, you know, I'm helping others like for him, like for him, like, uh, like in his place. Mm Mm-hmm. Or whatever, yeah. and um, and one night I said, "God loves me," without even realizing it, and I was like, I looked at it, and I was like, "That is the first time that I wrote, God loves me mm-hmm. instead of God loves you," you know, and it just like changed the perspective of 
how much God answers your prayers. Mm-hmm. That could be like, you know, accepting the fact that he does love you um, and stuff like that. It changes your mindset of who he is. Was there something that happened that you can think of that, that got you to shift that understanding that it's not that he loves all of you people, but that he loves me? Um, I feel like when he was there for me the most, mm-hmm. when I was in a state of, you know, awfulness, loneliness, you know, because I don't have companions on my mission. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, me, um, I really felt alone and, and I expressed that to him, um, that I felt alone, that I didn't feel like I was, you know, doing enough for people, um, on this mission. Um, and that's when he, I could just feel his presence. And that's when, I don't know, it's hard to describe it to someone else, you know? Yeah. It's, um, the reason I started this podcast (laughs) was because of chocolate cake, but it's, um, I've, I've realized that I can describe chocolate cake. I can tell you what it tastes like. I can tell you that it's moist, that it's decadent, that it's um, rich, that it's that the frosting is creamy, that it, I can say all those things. And if you've had the experience, mm-hmm. then it resonates with you. Yes, you're right. I know exactly what you're saying. And um, But if you had, haven't had the experience, then you can imagine it, but it's not the same thing as having yeah. the experience. Mm-hmm. So, um, having that experience is powerful when you realize that, okay, this isn't just for other people. This is for me as well. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, what, what is, um, I'm going to ask a question. I don't know if, if you will have an answer for it yet, because I'm going to ask you to imagine <laughs> if you were on a traditional mission. Okay. Um, what do you think would have been easier? What do you think would have been harder? Wow. <laughs> I know. I don't even know what I'm expecting with this question. But... Can you say it again? Yeah. If you were on a traditional mission, okay. which is what you were expecting. Right. Yeah. Um, at this point now, almost a year in, mm-hmm. what do you think would have been easier? What do you think would have been harder? If I was on like if a teaching on a mission? traditional teaching mission, yeah. Um, I think it would be harder actually okay. than easier because I have these, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would affect you know the day to day like s- s- you know set schedule of like and. M- it's just hard to answer because I, I'm not on, I didn't go on a teaching mission, right. you know, and I did go out with the sister missionaries on my mission mm-hmm. and we were going door to door and I came back home and I just started crying. Okay. <laughs> and I said, Heavenly Father, you you seriously know me. Mm-hmm. I could have not done that. Yeah. And so that kind of clicked and that's when it really like that's when I knew that, you know, God 
knows me personally. Right. He gave you an assignment that's, that was different than what you wanted, but it was exactly what you wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that's, I think that's cool. And I think that, um, the bad news is this is not the only time in your <laughs> life that you will think that you know better yeah. and you'll discover. Um, but I think it's neat also that we continue to discover that, okay, um, he knows me, <laughs> he knows what, what I need, what I want, uh, and what I want, what I need are not necessarily the same things. Yeah. So, um, I had another question there and now I'm trying to remember what it was. <laughs> Um, something that you said at the missionary readiness conference a couple weeks ago was that he knows, I can't remember if you said he knows his children. Maybe that's what it was that he, that he knows his children. And I believe that too. That he knows us. I think I said he's aware of us. Okay. So I tell me what you mean by that. Um, meaning he, I should have thought about this before <laughs> I got on here. <laughs> no pressure. Um, it's just my mom and your mom listening. So it's oh fine. yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I think. Well, let me look up the definition of aware awareness or okay. aware. While you're doing that, um, yeah, I'll probably come up. I'll probably think of new questions too. Okay. Um, there's a story that I shared in an earlier podcast. Um, I think where my son who has taken a different path had let me know he was going to go visit his sister who was serving a mission on Temple Square and she um, didn't know he was coming. He wanted to surprise her. And that comes with some risks. If you want to surprise a missionary on Temple Square, they may not be available. They may be in the teaching center, which would not put them in a um, easily accessible state. Uh, they sometimes are on uh, assignments at Welfare Square, which is off the off site. And uh, but he really wanted to surprise her, That's and so, so cute. I, <laughs> I had this this kind of a silent prayer that I just wanted him to have a, a good experience, finding and and uh, interacting with his sister. And I had this feeling that was just it was a very gentle paternal um, feeling that it was like. It, this may sound um, disrespectful, but it was kind of like, I, I imagine being patted on the head that, and, and the words that came to my mind were, he knows where his children are. And so I thought, okay, I don't have to worry about this. So I left, I was unavailable. I was actually on my shift at the temple and I had told my son that I want to hear how it goes, but I'm not going to be available for a few hours. And when I got all the, the stories put together, it turns out that he was walking up to the flagpole where they start all the tours for Temple Square. And Carissa, my daughter, was there at the same time that my sister walked up on her spring break with her kids from wow. Seattle, Washington. And it just was a, a reinforcement to me that he knows he knows where his children are. And if I think about the statistical chance that the three of them would have converged on this on the right spot at the same time it's just astronomical there's no way there's no way that it just happened and uh, so that's that was one of the things that i that helped me understand he is aware of us he he knows he knows where his children are 
So do you find your, yes. your definition? Um, aware. So it says concerned and well-informed about a particular situation or development. And I'll put in there or you. Okay. And so God is concerned and well-informed about a particular situation or development or you. And I think that's so. What does that what does that mean to you? As you as you think about how that relates to you, that even though I was doubtful and very, I would say, I don't know, very sad about my mission call um, to service mission, um, he knew that. He knew even before, you know, I expressed those feelings Mm -hmm. that I was going to have those feelings and it was whether or not I was going to turn to him in those moments. Right. And so when I did turn to him, he was automatically there Mm -hmm. because he knew I would feel that way and he knew, you know, that would happen or this would happen. So I think it's just realizing that God will inf- liter- God will literally know what you're going through, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's I just, so. I don't know. It's awesome to think about. Yeah. And that not only does he know, but he cares. And yeah. he is doing what's best. Um, I think about with, with my kids, there are times that I can see that they're not happy about something that they have to go through, but I know that it's going to be so valuable for them. It's going to be so beneficial. And so I imagine that that's probably similar to the, the um, experience that our father in heaven has with us that I know Whitney's not going to be happy with this, but it's going to be so good for her. And it has, I've changed so much. So what's changed? Tell me some of the things that have that have been, if I were to, to talk to your parents, and maybe I will. <laughs> hey, Lance and Alicia. <laughs> Let's how's, how's, how's Whitney doing? <laughs> how's Whitney? What, what would they say are some of the biggest changes that they've seen? And the bad changes, I don't, you don't have to admit those. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The good changes. Yeah. Um, I actually, I was very, very shy. Mm-hmm. I did not talk to people. I was, I had very bad social anxiety. And, and I think that was the biggest change because I, for this mission, I had to get out of my comfort zone. Right. And I think that was the scariest part of like, I'm going alone to these places, Mm -hmm. you know, helping them. But so I've changed in that aspect but I have also changed spiritually. Right. Okay. So what are some of the spiritual changes you've seen? Um, <laughs> I actually pray and I actually read the scriptures now. Okay. And it's those simple things that you wouldn't realize makes the big differences in your life. And, you know, waking up on time, you know, and doing those morning prayers and, and morning scripture studies and night prayers and, and stuff like that. And prayer doesn't have to be literally kneeling down. Mm-hmm. It can just be, you know, thinking or of like God or, or what um, you would like to discuss with him. And if he was, if he was actually in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
I don't know. I have felt the spirit more when I do those things. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Have your, um, now you've got a good family. I'll say, and what I mean by that is I like your family. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I won't admit anybody I don't like, but no, I like your, you, I like your family. <laughs> That's um, good. <laughs> I could go on and on. But um, has your relationship, how is your relationship with your family? Because you've got a couple siblings still at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how's your relationship been? Has it been different with them? And if so, how has it been different? Um, it has been different in a good way. Okay. Um, Brent, I know he can be a punk. He's 15 years old. Oh my yeah. goodness. What a weirdo. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, he's awesome. I love, I love yeah. Brent. Um, no, just, I have been more close with them mm-hmm. because I've experienced what other people go through, you mm-hmm. know, on my mission, you know, you ask about people's stories and like, oh, like, how have you come, you know, this far? Or like, where have you been or, or whatever? And so I can, I can listen and I can help those who really need it. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my family um, has a lot of mental health issues, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, and so, you know, everybody's in their heads or, um, or there's days that, you know, they're, they seem miserable and, and I'm on this mission mm-hmm. where it's like, I have complete joy and it's like, how can I help them when they're in this state? Um, and, and I've, and God has really helped me know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I have been there for them in good times and in bad times. And and I feel like that has really helped us grow stronger as a family, I feel like. And being on a mission while still living at home, mm-hmm. they thought it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but they've seen, you know, the stories that I bring home mm-hmm. and, you know, of how much joy this gospel brings. And I feel like even though it might not impact them now, they might look back and be like, oh, Whitney did this or Whitney experienced that. Or, you know, Whitney has so much joy in her life. Why? You know, why? Why? And so, I don't know. I'm just hoping that in their tough times, Mm -hmm. even if I'm not there, that they can remember. Right. And use that that memory of as a a beacon of hope. Yeah. Maybe. That sounded really poetic. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I get lucky. <laughs> and the right words come to me. So, um the thing that was interesting to me and one of the reasons I wanted to to have you on the podcast is I I don't remember where I got this from. It may have been from your farewell, which I think I watched online. Oh, you did? Back in the olden days when we used Zoom for church. <laughs> oh, I did not know you were on there. That's I think awesome. I was, because I think I remember, I remember hearing somehow, yeah. and it must have been your farewell, farewell mm-hmm. where you were talking about how you were a little bit apprehensive about this call. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly not what you expected. Um, social, social anxiety is, is not an easy thing to deal with. Um, yeah. I... <laughs> Maybe when we're not recording, I'll tell you some stories. 
not sure I want people to know everything about me, but um, it's it's a real. There's a real anxiety, mm-hmm. and um, so when I when I asked you a couple of weeks ago at the Missionary Readiness Conference how it was going, and you just lit up and you talked about how amazing it was, and I thought this is so different from yeah. where you were, mm-hmm. and I just. I wanted to hear a little bit more about the story. So what am I missing? What have I, what have we not talked about that has been a, a part of your, um, I will just call it your, your, your success journey mm-hmm. on this mission. Um, I think the successful part is I was very self-absorbed mm. before my mission. I've never I, had that experience myself, but I, I've seen I've seen stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I wanted like everything to go right, you mm-hmm. know, in my favor, you know. Um, but this was a huge change for me. It's like what I wanted, I didn't get, mm. and that really, really hurt in a way that actually uplifted me. Um, as I took those steps, you know, accepting like, Hey, God needs you here. Mm -hmm. You got to forget yourself and you got to go to work. Right. Right. And so I did that and forgetting myself was the best decision of my life. So was some of that, and I don't mean to cut you Mm -hmm. off, you can come back, but this is my show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Was, was some of that, that struggle that you had initially because of uh, what you thought other people would think about you as a service missionary, and I'm putting that in air quotes, as opposed to a yeah. real missionary. And, I, and I'm and i not saying, I no. want to be clear, yeah, <laughs> that I'm not saying you're not a real missionary. No, yeah. But, um, and I'll explain a little bit more about that in a minute, but is that something that, that added to that, the difficulty in accepting that assignment? Yeah, there was a big question that I asked before my mission, um, and it was, why did, um, dang it, I forgot my my answer. Okay, hold on. Because I interrupted you, sorry about that. No, 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 it's okay. Um, it was, wait, what was the question again? Was the, the fact that you were called to a service mission, mission okay. did that add to, or was, was part of the reason that you struggled with that because of what you thought other people would oh, think? Yes. Um, my question was, um... Why are people, no, 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 not a question, a statement. Um, people are going to think of me differently um, in the aspect of, is something wrong with mm. her? Is something, you know, why is she here instead of like everyone else, you know, right. going out and teaching people, why is she here? Is something wrong with her? Mm. And that was a huge thing that really bugged me. And now when people ask like, Oh, why are you doing a service missionary mission or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and I s- simply say, God wanted me here, mm-hmm. and and I accepted that. Um, and yes, I may have health issues that may you know have that impact, but um, but it's good for me to not think in that way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I've got a niece and, and I may have her on the podcast at some point, but she served a mission uh, as a, a performing missionary in Nauvoo. 
And so it was a summertime really? mission. Yes. Oh, what? she loved it. And it was amazing. And I say it was amazing because I <laughs> went to Nauvoo and I saw her perform and it was fantastic. She played, I don't, I don't know what all instruments she played, but I know that she did French horn and wow. those easy instruments to play. That oh, yeah. You can just pick up and it doesn't take any talent at all. <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> but she said that she struggled with um, other people not thinking of that as a, a real mission. Yeah. And so um, I think that's one of the things, and one of the, one of the things that I've um, done several times on this podcast is, is tried to challenge some of that traditional culture that we have in the church that uh, missionaries who come home early mm-hmm. uh, haven't served a mission. And that's absolutely false. Yeah. And missionaries who serve a service mission aren't real missionaries. No, absolutely false. And this performing missionary, not a real mission, but no, that's absolutely false. So um, I love the comment that you made that Heavenly Father is aware of his children because for you, a proselyting mission would not have given you the opportunity to grow in the ways that you've been able to grow. Yeah. And um, in fact, I was talking to, I was talking to my wife and, oh, we were talking about my sister who had prayed about serving a mission and the answer she got was no. And Marcin got the same thing. The answer was no. Hmm. And... I think some, I think I'm run, one of the reasons <laughs> that she didn't serve a mission, so she'd marry me. <laughs> and there are days that I'm not sure she's convinced that she made the right choice. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that's something in, in the traditional culture of the church we need to do better. We need to get mm-hmm. better at at just being okay with people serving where they're assigned to serve. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that is... There's a there's a natural tendency, I think. We have this, there's a scripture about the natural man. I love this scripture. I've brought it up several times on the podcast. I love it because I think it indicts us in more ways than we can imagine. The natural man is an enemy to God. When I hear about you, and I'm not saying that this is what I yeah, no. thought when I heard about you mm-hmm. serving a service, a service mission, but a lot of times if we hear about, hear about someone serving a service mission instead of a proselyting mission, or if we hear about somebody... Um, coming home from a from a proselyting mission to then be reassigned to a service, service mission, our thoughts are, well, what happened? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. What's wrong with them? Instead of just having a, a feeling of joy that they're willing to serve, the fact that you're committing 18 months of your life to serve is wonderful. And whether you serve knocking doors yeah. in Anchorage, Alaska... <laughs> Or teaching people about animals at the zoo, why does it make a difference? Yeah. And so I think that I think it's wonderful that y- you have a desire to serve, and I think it's wonderful that that you've had these these changes in your perception of yourself and your relationship with your Father in Heaven, which is not exactly how you said it, but that's that's going to yeah. be my diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, Thanks for being willing. Yeah. Somebody with social anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. That's good. Because of the service mission. So. Thank goodness for service missions. Right? I'll tell you, my mission was was a struggle because I was incredibly shy growing up. Oh, really? And I wouldn't my, have thought. I know. It's amazing, right? <laughs> <laughs> People don't believe me when I say that. And um, maybe one of these days I'll tell stories. 
<laughs> when I stop recording, I'll tell you stories. Okay. But um, my mission president had, I served my mission in Portugal. And so Portuguese, he had this Rota de Contactar, I think is what he called it, the, the contacting wheel. And it was seven or eight different things that we were supposed to do every single day. Every single day, we were supposed to knock a door. And it could be more, but it was at least one. We were supposed to knock one door and we were supposed to have a street contact. And we were supposed to, I don't remember, I've got them probably in my stack of old mission stuff. But for somebody who has social anxiety to sit down on the bus and talk to start talking to somebody sitting next to them, that was tough. <laughs> it was a struggle. And uh, one of the great things, Heavenly Father is aware of, of his children. And uh, I had ex have had experiences in my life, not just mission, but um, that have led me to the point where I now I have a podcast and yeah. I'm talking to my mom and your mom <laughs> <laughs> and you and um, learning some great things about myself and other people at the same time. So thanks for being willing to to take some time and yeah. are you still nervous? Uh, it's over Not now. anymore. <laughs> yeah. I know. We're just talking. I am just full of joy. <laughs> this is so great. And I was going to do this at the beginning and I'm going to stall for a second. Um, I absolutely love when people uh, reach out to me and tell me about their experiences with uh, chocolate cake or with um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So as I am scrambling to find, I got a, a message, an email yesterday from Angela and I don't know Angela, but I would like to know Angela. So she says, just, just recently discovered your podcast after hearing you on Turtle House, which was a digital fireside that I did a few weeks ago, and wanted to tell you that I love your cake recipe. Now, it is an amazing cake recipe. <laughs> Episode three of this podcast is where you can get the recipe. And she said, I made it today for the first time, first of what will be many times. Now, I'm not a huge cake fan usually, which that is true for, for me too. <laughs> Unless it's cheesecake, LOL. But I've got to tell you that I love yours and I'm loving the podcast too. So thanks so much, Angela, for writing and letting, letting me know how you feel about the podcast. I absolutely love sharing my thoughts and ideas and getting other people to share their thoughts and ideas. So um, Whitney, thanks for being in the right place at the right time yeah. <laughs> at the Missionary <laughs> Readiness Conference and sharing some of your, um, your thoughts with us. And in the meantime, we will be back Hopefully next week. It will be next week. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>